This episode features dramatizations of disease, pandemic, and discussions of infanticide. Listener discretion is advised, especially for listeners under 13. Please note, the story you're about to hear is not a direct retelling of any single depiction of Loviatar and her children. Today's episode combines elements from a number of Finnish legends and stories for dramatic effect. Hello everyone, I'm Vanessa Richardson, and welcome to Mythical Monsters, a Spotify original from Parcast. Today we conclude our journey through fever wards around the globe with a visit to the far north. It isn't surprising that Finland's lore is as dark as their eternal winter nights, but Loviatar and her pestilence-generating children are scarier fare than usual. From fever to cancer, gout to plague, the deadly family are walking, talking versions of the nightmarish ailments that haunt our dreams. They don't just kill, first they make you suffer. This is Mythical Monsters, Monsters of Disease. You can find all episodes of Mythical Monsters and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. Coming up, Loviatar sends her children out to play. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like, what the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. Much of what we know of Loviatar comes from the Kalevala. The work is an adaptation of Finnish oral traditions that was recorded by 19th century physician and philologist Elias Lanroot. The text is Finland's most translated piece of literature and one of the inspirations for author J.R.R. Tolkien's work. The Kalevala is about the heroes of the land of Kalevala and their adventures to the icy, mystical realm of Pohila. While the northern tip of modern-day Finland faces winter nights of 19 hours or longer, Pohila's polar night is even eerier. It's ruled by the malevolent witch queen Lohi, 
She is perilous to cross, but many of the heroes in the Kalevala seek her favor so they can marry one of her beautiful daughters. Many scholars believe that Loviatar, presented as another character in the Kalevala, is actually a regional variation of Lohi. If so, she's an even more fearsome manifestation. The blind offspring of the underworld's king and queen, Loviatar embodies her moniker, Daughter of Death. But her connection to Lohi makes sense, considering both women have a common nemesis, the wise magician and healer Vaina Mernin. Vaina Mernin is a tireless protector of men, and Loviatar knows she needs an army to defeat him. So she makes one by having nine children with the cold east wind. Later, the great epics would call him Lemminkainen, a handsome monster killer with bright red hair who ventured to the underworld and was born again. But for now, we'll call him Lem, because when he was 14 years old, heading north into the swirling snows of Pohila on his very first adventure, he only fancied himself a hero. A hero who was surprised to find himself being knocked about by two strange children on a cold winter night. One skin was red, green, and purple, stretched too tight over his small frame. A walking, or rather fighting, scab. Every place the little monster had bitten Lem was oozing with pus. The other child was red in the face with deathly pale lips. He lunged for Lem's throat. Lem evaded the blow and called out, They keep biting me, master! Did you see that? Where did they even come from? Lem's master, the great enchanter Vina Mernin, looked up from his prayers with bemusement. Nothing ever seemed to worry Vina Mernin. The boys screeched in adolescent rage, ready for another onslaught. But Lem needed a break. He backed towards his master, saying, Are you sure your friend is still here in Pohila? Perhaps these creatures ran him back home, and we should turn back too. We haven't seen a human in ages. This place is desolate. Vainamunin chuckled. You give up so easily, Lem. Let this be a teaching moment. Watch carefully. The old man's deep voice rose above the din. Come, O Uka, to my rescue. God of mercy, lend thy presence. Drive away these fell diseases. Banish them to the unworthy. Let the holy sparks enkindle. Keep this heat in healing limits, that it may not harm thy children, may not injure the afflicted. Steam rose around Lem and the boys. The great sorcerer had conjured a sauna from thin air. Its heat wrapped around the growling monsters. They wailed as their skin hissed and popped. Vina Mernin trembled with effort as the heat rose. Send these pains and ills and tortures to the empire of Tuoni, to the islands of the wicked, to the caverns of demons, to the mountains where rocks and metals do not sicken and die. The two boys screamed, clutching at Lem. Their nails tore through his winter clothes. Lem tried to throw them off, but they held on. Until, as the steam thickened to a searing mist, Lem felt them disappear. 
Pus poured from the bits of Lem's skin the monsters had touched, but soon the yellow ooze turned scarlet red. He was bleeding clean. The bites themselves twitched before closing on their own. Lem waved a hand in front of his face to clear the magic fog. Thank you for sending those little beasts to Tuoni. I'm sure the Lord of the Underworld will be glad to have them. Vina Mernin nodded. You may ask him yourself if you like. That's where we're going. Lem's jaw dropped. We're going to the Underworld? You said we're going to a place near Pohila to rescue your friend. Vina Mernin laughed. Where did you think the palace was? I didn't take you for a coward, Lemminkainen, but I suppose we all are when we're young. You will soon learn heroes can take care of themselves. Lem puffed up his chest. Of course he wasn't a coward. He was about to say so, but his master was already walking ahead into the frozen wastes. His long balsam wood staff and glowing crystal lit the way. Lem hurried to secure the supplies on their sled and patted their reindeer Irya on the top of her head. As he came around the side of the sled, Lem saw his shadow against the snow. The sight stopped him. There shouldn't be any shadow at all. It was too dark. Suddenly, the two-dimensional silhouette expanded. Lem realized it was a body lying in the snow. It planted its feet and rose up through the air, bending gravity itself until it faced Lem. Or face was a generous term. There were no real features, just soft ripples of darkness across its visage. Lem could feel Vina Mernin move to his side. The shimmering crystal of the wizard's staff revealed a feminine figure that seemed to be made of polar night. Cold radiated from her even in the sub-zero temperature. The wind cried around her in an eerie caress. Or was it human screams emanating from her very skin. Lem was terrified, but Vina Mernin just let out that infuriating laugh of his. Loviatar, my beauty, what brings you to the wastes? Loviatar's voice was coldly melodic. Don't speak ill of my kingdom, Vina Mernin, especially when you're in it. A piercing ice gust swept around them. Lem's teeth chattered. Vina Mernin squinted through the blowing snow. I mean no disrespect, Queen of the North. We're just passing through to the underworld, but we've made ourselves useful during our passage. In fact, the boy and I have just driven off some monsters who meant to harm your princesses. Loviatar's laugh echoed in the wind. Your arrogance knows no bounds, Enchanter. You insult my sons. Lem knew how rare it was for his master to look surprised, but Vina Mernin clearly was. Your sons? Loviatar shifted her weight. The whole night moved with her, like the dark horizon slid to match her hips. Yes, my sons. Lem threw a look at Vina Mernin and saw his master in another unfamiliar state, panic. Loviatar spat out, 
all your little heroes come to my land seeking my beauteous daughters, but your men are soft, Vina Mernin, and I found a way to prove it. I have a new brood, beautiful little children whose very touch means death. You met poor Colic and Scab, but they're some of my youngest. The eldest six are far stronger. They're on the way to Kalevala now. Will your people be ready? Lem could see the fear in Vinamernin's eyes and the tremor in his hands as he gripped his staff. Still, he stood tall, his voice even, a bluff. I'm sure the people of Kalevala will pass your test. Loviatar smiled at his fear. The night smiled around her, the stars shifting and folding like they sat on a blanket rather than a sky. She whispered, We shall see, won't we? And then she disappeared, leaving only cold, empty darkness. Lem immediately turned to Vinamernin. Master, what was that? Vinamernin was already striding to the sled. His voice dripped with urgency as he told Lem, We need to get home now. If we don't, I am certain she will destroy mankind. Coming up, Lem and Vinamernin plan to kill some children. Hello, I'm Hannah Maguire. And I'm Saruti Bala. And we're the hosts of the new Spotify original from Parcast, Sinister Societies. You may know us from the very creepy and excellent podcast Red Handed, but now we've teamed up with Parcast for an unprecedented look at history's most nefarious groups. Some preach extreme religious practices, others warn of impending doom, and then there are those whose endgame is far more diabolical. Every Tuesday on Sinister Societies, we take a peek behind the curtain and discover the most ominous organizations the world may or may not have known. Learn how entrepreneurial sects made fortunes off their brand, how charismatic cult leaders caught the eye of celebrities, and why strange orders of the extraterrestrial or collegiate kind attract the most unlikely of followers. Some groups convene in the shadows. Others operate in plain sight, all are absolutely sinister. Follow Sinister Societies free and only on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now, back to the story. Lem and Vina Mernin's trip south was not easy. The wind blew particularly hard, and the sun only peeked through the night for an hour or two. But as Vina Mernin explained to Lem, there was no time to stop and rest. Loviatar had released a terrifying brood of disease-ridden children into Kalevala. If they didn't get back soon, mankind would succumb. Lem understood the situation was dire, 
But he was also excited. He knew he could be a hero. He just needed another chance. He hadn't been ready for colic and scab, and Loviatar had caught him off guard too. Next time would be different. He'd prove himself. They were almost to Kalevala, and Lem's big moment to shine, when the boy felt Vina Mernin's hand on the back of his shirt, a soft but insistent tug. About 20 feet ahead, an odd purple shape stood in the snow. Lem pulled on the reins and the sled slowed to a stop. The shape stepped closer. It was a boy, identical in size to Loviatar's other monsters, Colic and Scab. But this thing was covered in pustules. The liquid beneath its taut skin pulsed and shimmered in the haze of half-light. Lem gasped. What is that? The creature answered in a voice that sounded like putrid water. I am the greatest of my mother's sons, the firstborn and undying. You may call me Plague. Lem squinted. I think I'm going to just call you ugly and get on with it. He started forward, but an unseen force yanked him back. Lem landed in a snowbank. He pulled himself up quickly to glare at his master. He wasn't going to sit this one out, no matter how much Vina Mernin threw him around. Vina Mernin's voice carried over the snowdrifts. Don't touch him. Stay where you are. Lem shook his head angrily as Vina Mernin chanted to the sky god, and warm air began to rise. For a moment, but every time the steam appeared, the wind whipped it away. Plague beelined straight for Lem, closing the distance between them quickly. Lem knew Vina Mernin would want him to stay back, but Lem also knew he could take more hits than his old master. Really, doing what Vina Mernin said would be irresponsible. Lem loped through the snow, wrapping his jacket around his hands as he went. Vina Mernin said not to touch the plague. This would have to do. Lem ran straight for the monstrous child. He swung at Plague's head as hard as he could. Plague laughed as he sidestepped the blow. Vina Mernin's prayers became more insistent. Lem resorted to taunts. So you like being called ugly? How about cowardly? Plague's pulsing eyes snapped. The boils on his face seemed to shimmer. Suddenly, Lem decided he didn't really want to make contact with this monster's head, which was a problem because Plague had finally given Lem his full attention. The monster dove. Lem dashed to the side, then pushed Plague from behind. The boil-covered boy tumbled into the snow. He could hear Vina Mernin shouting incantations, but the wind kept blowing away the heat. Plague grabbed Lem by the shoulders and pulled him close. Lem squirmed, trying to avoid any skin-to-skin contact. He could feel the heat of Plague's pulsing pustules beside his right ear. Lem spoke through gritted teeth. Try something else, master, please. He tried to shake out of the boy's grip again, but it was no use. He groaned. 
this wasn't how a hero should die. He'd planned to perish in the jaws of a winged octopus or giant, not in the world's worst hug. Then he heard a squelching crunch. Plague's grip loosened and he collapsed to the ground face first. A massive smoking hole had nearly ripped him in two. Vina Mernin stood over the monstrous boy. The end of his wooden staff was covered in pus and viscera. Vina Mernin shrugged. Balsam wood, very good in saunas for clearing the pores and balancing energies. Lem blinked at him. The air wouldn't steam, so you heated the wood instead? Vina Mernin nodded. Lem was impressed. Master, that is brilliant and horrifying. Vina Mernin replied briskly, thank you, but we must hurry on. We have five more to kill. When they finally arrived in the first village of Kalevala, it seemed abandoned, but not quiet. A chorus of coughing rose up like a horrible song in the round. Then there was the acrid smell of smoke and burning meat. Pyres burning the dead. Plague had already been here. Lem held his nose, but bile still rose in his throat. Vina Mernin told him it would be all right now that they were here. Vina Mernin and Lem knocked on each door in the village. Vina Mernin said his incantations over the sick, conjuring his healing steam. Amid the warm air, the villagers' faces lost their deathly flush and their fevers fell. Lem expected jubilant hugs and gifts of gratitude, but the townsfolk remained morose and hopeless. After all, they were treating the symptoms, not the cause. They would have to kill every one of Loviatar's abhorrent children before this was over, and aside from plague, none of them had shown themselves. By the time they reached the last house, Lem could see Vina Mernin wobbling on his feet. They could not maintain this pace much longer. They needed help. So he gently directed his master to the meeting house on the hill. Surely King Kalevi would have more balsam wood. Lem couldn't make a sauna with his hands, but he could teach a few men how to skewer some evil children on the ends of hot, sharp sticks. Plus, Kalavi was a magnificent host. Lem had only met him a few times, but he always looked forward to any royal summons. Unfortunately, this time things were different. When Vina Mernin and Lem entered the throne room, they found Kalavi staring into space atop his throne. His eyes were haunted. Lem would have guessed that he was asleep if he wasn't shivering from head to toe. Vina Mernin stepped forward. My poor friend, let's get you well. He lifted his staff, but Kalevi bellowed, Get away from me, you monster! Lem stumbled backwards in surprise. Vina Mernin looked more puzzled than hurt. I have slain several monsters for you, Majesty. Or did you forget? The king spat, Monsters you likely conjured. I'll not be deceived anymore. I rule this kingdom, not you. Vina Mernin didn't bother hiding his annoyance. What are you babbling about? 
Lem was trying to understand what was happening when the hair raised on the back of his neck. Someone was watching them, or something. Yes, the more he concentrated on the strange energy, the more certain he was that it was a thing. Lem tried to get his master's attention, but the two men were still arguing. Their voices raised to shouts. Lem looked around the room. The dark wood and low-burning candles didn't help, but finally, he saw it. A pair of eyes in the darkness at the very top corner of the roof. The eyelashes were long, the pupils a deep blue. A pearly white smile appeared just below the eyes, a shadowy finger pressed over its lips. Then it whispered straight into the most private, secret corner of Lem's mind. Shh, we're just getting started. Coming up, Lem and Vina Mernon face the monstrous ninth child. Now back to the story. Lem stared up at the corner of the ceiling as the king and Vina Mernon blamed each other for the kingdom's sickness. They bellowed insults. Kalavi's hand slid towards his sword. Vina Mernon tightened his grip on his staff. But Lem's eyes were fixed on the thing in the dark corner. A strange, purring voice echoed in his head. You're not upset with them? The creature reminded him of Loviatar, but where Loviatar seemed to contain the whole night, this thing was only a sliver of shadow. He focused on those seductive eyes and let a question run through his mind. What do you want? The shadow turned its head, confused, as if it was obvious. The answer echoed around Lem's brain. I want you to speak up for yourself, to be the hero you're supposed to be. Lem frowned. He did speak for himself, didn't he? He talked back to Vina Mernon when needed. He thought his reply, I already do that. Who are you? The shadow blinked, its smile widened. I am just like you, Lem, underappreciated, confined and abused by an elder's jealousy. I am Loviatar's daughter, her best daughter, the one others always feel but never talk about. Lem suppressed a sigh. A riddle? He wasn't fond of mind tricks. He was more of a fighter but he couldn't fight this thing without knowing what it was. So he silently asked, You know my name, but what shall I call you? The shadow cocked her head so far, her face turned upside down. There is no need to tell you. I will know if you think of me. I know who I am. More riddles. Lem hated riddles, but he pressed on. Shall I call you envy then, or strife? A thin, cold laugh reverberated in his mind. Strife, I like that. It's not quite right, but I appreciate the effort, my little hero. Steel sliding against a scabbard drew Lem's attention. Kalavi was brandishing his sword. Vina Mernon had responded by slamming his staff into the stone ground. Cracks spidered out beneath it. 
Lem knew he needed to hurry. He asked Strife, is this your doing? Strife skittered along the roof, drawing closer to Lem. What if I said it was? What would you do? Lem tried to tune out the argument around him. He was certain this shadow creature was trying to trick him, probably to take down his master. Lem wanted nothing more than to leap onto Strife and tear her apart, but she was too far away. Lem realized he had to play along to coax her close. So his mind said, I'd ask you to teach me. You're far more powerful than either of them. The shadow purred. Her pretty eyes looked to the side demurely, and she slithered closer. Lem tensed. He forced himself to look excited, devoted. His mind coaxed Strife onward. Vinamernan almost got me killed. If you can help me get revenge. The eyes bobbed up and down in a nod. Of course, I would like nothing more. Lem swallowed, finally making his move. Will you come down to me and whisper in my ear? The eye's long eyelashes blinked coquettishly. If you insist, Lemminkainen, Lem watched Strife float downwards. Behind him, Kalevi lifted his sword. Vinamernan raised his glowing staff. The king's feet left the ground as Vinamernan's invisible hand yanked him upwards by the throat. Lem's eyes darted between the chaos and the approaching shadow. He stepped closer to his master. He could hear the king gasping for air. Lem forced himself to keep still. He had to wait for the shadow. If he made his move too early, she'd know he wasn't under her control. Finally, he heard her purring in his left ear. A warm weight settled on his shoulder. I'm here, Lemminkainen. Shall we destroy the world that wronged you? Lem nodded. He reached for Vinamernan. Slowly, slowly, inch by inch. Finally, his fingers closed on what he needed. Lem wrenched the staff out of Vinamernan's hand and swiftly stabbed it through the darkness over his left shoulder. A dark, wet shape hit the ground, impaled on the balsam wood. The creature turned to mist in front of Lem's eyes. Vinamernan glanced around wildly for a moment, and then caught Kalevi as he fell to the floor. Uncharacteristically embarrassed, he apologized to the king. I'm sorry, my friend. I don't know what came over me. Lem smiled. I do, but let's get the rest of this handled first. It turned out Loviatar's five remaining children struggled with strife as much as the humans did. With her banished, they emerged from their hiding places, eager to inflict their woes on the world. But Vina Mernin and Lem made quick work of them with their steam and heated wood. Kalevi held a great feast in honor of the two champions. They took turns telling their epic tale, and Lem basked in the rewards of heroism until late in the night when the festivities finally died down. Lem sat outside the meeting hall with Vina Mernin. They studied the snowy landscape. Then Lem looked up at the sky. It was looking back. 
Lem's breath caught in his throat. Loviatar's face peered out, a part of the inky midnight expanse above. Vina Mernin's hand touched his shoulder. Loviatar will always be there, Lemminkainen. She cannot be defeated, nor can her children, not permanently. They'll be back. Lem stared at his master. So we'll have to do this again? The enchanter shrugged. Yes, and twice as fast, but we can do it. Lem stared at him. Don't you get tired? Vinamernin kept his eyes on the horizon. I do, but that does not matter. As long as there is suffering, you and I shall be here. And when you and I are gone, we will leave someone behind to take care of her and them. Lem kicked at the snow. You didn't tell me heroism was going to be so quiet or repetitive. Vina Mernin stood. If I did, you wouldn't have come. Lem laughed. As always, his master was correct. He followed Vina Mernin inside. As he passed one of the flickering candles, he felt a small weight settle on his shoulder. Long eyelashes brushed against his neck. A familiar voice kissed his ear with every syllable. Hello, hero. There are legends about the development of disease all around the world, but Loviatars speaks to some uniquely Finnish beliefs about illness. First, that its origin is cold. Loviatars' deadly children are fathered by the harsh east wind, and they haunt the more frigid corners of snowy Finn life, like the fog point in the ocean and the island forest covered. The Kalevala is also surprisingly technical on how to cure these cold-induced illnesses. It lists several prayers Vina Mernin makes to Lord Uka, the Finn sky god, but it also details the enchanter's medical treatments, explaining how to harness the sauna's properties in order to heal the body. In the Kalevala, these methods help Vina Mernin banish Loviatar's diseases and the monsters that cause them. All of them except an unnamed offspring. This child was said to bewitch the lowlands, engender strife and envy, and practice malice. It's interesting to include a nameless creature of strife amid a group of disease-giving brothers. Loviatar's son's identities are so clear in intention and behavior, fear, cancer, gout, etc. But the unnamed child is far more slippery. It seems to be all other evils, both mysterious illnesses and negative concepts, jealousy, wrath, discord, malcontent. By linking conflict and cruelty to physical ailments, Finnish legend suggests that malice is not an inherent element of human nature. Instead, it's a disease to be managed and treated, just like its siblings. That's a surprisingly hopeful message for a dark, wintry tale. It means that humans can keep Malice's evil influence at bay with the right prayers and the right medicines. But of course, she always tries to come back, whispering one last malevolent secret in your ear.
Thanks for listening to Mythical Monsters. We'll be back next week with a special episode, the epic Japanese dragon, Yamata no Orochi. You can find all episodes of Mythical Monsters and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. I'll see you next time. Mythical Monsters is a Spotify original from Parcast. It's executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Kenny Hobbs, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Aaron Larson. This episode of Mythical Monsters was written by Lil D. Ritter and Jen Rache, with writing assistance by Kate Murdoch and Nora Battelle, fact-checking by Bennett Logan, and research by Adriana Gomez. I'm Vanessa Richardson. You aren't supposed to know about them, unless they want you to. Powerful groups with their own very specific agendas. And if you find yourself on the inside, good luck getting out. Hi, I'm Hannah Maguire. And I'm Saruti Bala. Join us every Tuesday for our new Spotify original from Parcast, Sinister Societies. Whether it's doomsday predictions, deadly greed or world domination, each week, we're exposing the beliefs and actions of the most ominous organisations the world may or may not have known. Follow Sinister Societies free and only on Spotify.